you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by none other than Andrea Overin. Welcome, Andrea. Hi, Mad Singer. Thanks for having me. I am so excited, mostly because you come from my favorite place in the world where I usually eat so much Mexican food, I feel very, very bad afterwards, <laughs> uh, which means you are based in San Diego. So welcome. Yes, welcome. The, lovely, the lovely, lovely San Diego. It's, it's a very great travel port as a whole and very diverse, amazingness of Mexican food. Mm, like no yes. other. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have a piece of travel advice. Don't get stuck in LA airport waiting for five hours for a flight because you can drive to San Diego in a lot less time. So do that instead. Talking from bitter experience. Very ambitious. <laughs> Very ambitious. Yeah. Right, Andrea, you have been building teams for, I was about to say your whole life, that's probably not true, but uh, at least for the last bunch of years, you've been building teams and you are a serial entrepreneur and you love doing cool stuff when it comes to people and building teams. So we're going to talk a lot about that. But just before we get started, um, there's people around the world who don't yet know who you are, believe it or not. Would you mind giving a little bit of an introduction and sharing like where you're coming from and how you ended up where you are and maybe a little peek of what's happening in the coming year. Yes. So I'm here originally from Southern California. I was born in Fresno, raised in Central uh, California and ultimately grew up really here in San Diego. Uh, However, I did leave really young because I was in the military. So I signed up at 16, left at 17 and, uh, began that entrepreneurship uh, journey really early as well with that. Um, So I have started in financial industries and continue that and also have restaurants. Uh, We spoke a little about that, a travel agency and also a Globetrop Pro consulting firm. And that's for other entrepreneurs who want to set systems to travel more because they feel like they'll feel fulfilled with that. Awesome. And uh, do you still own a travel agency? Yes, I do. Now the agency is, oh, oh are you saying because of COVID and what happened this last I, year? That, that is kicking. exactly my thinking. Yes, I'm alive. COVID did Go. not uh, murder that. Uh, in fact, I found initially there was a lot of confusion because clients were actually out of the country. Uh, when COVID was really hitting, I was actually, in fact, in Southeast Asia and Phuket and then in Dubai and things were really brewing. And by the time we got back, it was just my husband and I uh, with friends. We got really lucky because it was that week that people were getting stranded in different countries, locked up in if they were in Vietnam. <laughs> um, and so very great timing. For us, but as far as the business, um, you know, that's where teams are really important because things were happening while I was traveling. And many of the things and decisions I've made surrounding teams 
have to do with the trajectory that myself and my lifestyle, I travel over six months out of the year. And so that didn't stop. Uh, definitely more, more inquiries about the worries, cancellations, postponements. Uh, but my own travels didn't stop. Uh, some got postponed, but I still did a lot of in, travel around the country. And I still saw a lot of that. Um, some cruising didn't stop, even though it, didn't for the, it did for the U.S. And people were stranded, definitely. But you'll be surprised that actually cruising was still going. And yeah, it was just a scary time for sure. But we're, we still maneuvered through and everybody kept their positions in my firm and still working. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. I, I do know a few friends who have literally broken their neck on this. So uh, good to hear you're still alive and kicking. So um, yeah, team building. I mean, that's one of my favorite. I, actually, my main reason for keep building more businesses because I love putting teams together to run them. Uh, I, I don't actually care that much about the individual business. I just like building teams. I find it so fun. So uh, tell me a little bit about your philosophies and how you go around building teams and all this good stuff. Yeah, the thing with my mindset and how I began with building the teams, uh, it, it started early, but it doesn't have to start that way for everybody. Uh, just as what I mean early is one, I just mentioned the military, so you have teams there. But prior to that, just different organizations I was a part of. Um, I, I was involved with many like church gatherings, nonprofits, things of that nature. But fast forward how those skill sets translated later uh, with business, the teams, other than hiring directly, uh, they, they're built across the board. And so my philosophies to begin with, when I've opened a new business, started building, is to first have the know-how packed. So that would mean I act on what I know, like if I have to get a license for it and all that, logistics. But what I don't, I literally immediately hire, if I don't have a mentor already in that field, a consultant, even if the mentor or consultant is a book, uh, like a self-development, uh, that research piece is huge for how I've built the businesses. And as you flourish and have more money, you can actually hire directly when you know somebody has that information. And so my team building philosophy usually involves the information gathering, um, then taking things off my plate by first uh, looking at, since you're the owner, since I am the owner of the businesses, where I'm absolutely needed to build the revenue and income and where I can start having team members take over different tasks. Uh, the same thing with outsourcing. So I talked about the consulting or mentorship and all that, but there's also the employment part of having your team that's there uh, sustaining the day-to-day. -day. And there's also the outsourcing. Like I usually have and always have outsourced payroll HR. Um, I've never had internal. That just didn't make sense to me in my business. So why have to train and make sure they know the law when there's so many services out there? Um, I also obviously uh, tend to, for instance, with the restaurants, always have contractors and contractor teams to contact besides the actual employees. And so the, my philosophy is really uh, full circle with everything that's needed for that business. Uh, or also just drive yourself to the ground. Go we'll try because we're so ambitious and hungry to make our business grow and, and function. You will literally, there are those times, 120 hour weeks or whatever you're spending. 
but it should be to put your systems in place. It shouldn't be because you're beating your head trying to figure out something that truly you're not needed for. Yeah, 100%. And one of the favorite things I always do when when I start up a business, I spend a lot of time figuring out what needs to be owned within the company and what can be done by external legal service providers or um, yeah, services of various kinds, right? Because exactly to your point, one, you need to understand your own strengths and weaknesses, right? So by, by nature, you don't enjoy sitting putting numbers into a spreadsheet and stuff, right? Uh, and that's cool. And that means that, you know, that is definitely not one of the things you want to own. So it's really always about analyzing your business, analyzing like with the business setup, what are the things that are mission critical and what are the things you want to be an expert at? Because even when you start a new business, you might think you want to own everything. But as I always, I always use the same example, but, but basically if you're selling Ferraris, you want to make absolutely sure that you own customer service, right? Because if you're selling like a, a ridiculously expensive brand, you need to make sure that customer service is like not even five stars, seven stars, right? And yeah. the only way you can do that is keeping it extremely close and having someone look after it that is, you know, at, a, at another level. And that's that's super key, right? But really, anytime I, I look at a business, I'm always I'm always looking at you know what are the things we can let go of. So and even though like I have companies that you know build a lot of websites, but sometimes I don't even get the website for a business built in house just because there might be other people who are expert in that specific niche and that specific type of website and so on. And I, I'm a huge fan of, of hiring experts, right? Just the same way. Like I, I love, just like you mentioned, hiring consultants and trainers and whenever I'm trying to do something, I always do the same thing, whether it's in business or in my private life. I mean, if I'm like, oh, you know, I should eat healthier food. Like I will call up someone who actually is a food expert or whatever, and I'll talk with them and trying to figure out like, you know, what's the cheat codes here? How can I... How can I do this thing the right way without doing stupid stuff? Because I don't know what I'm doing, right? Yes, so. that you know, even that starts. I like that you said cheat codes. Um, that reminded me of what I grew up with two brothers. I have more siblings, but specifically two brothers, and we would go to the magazine area and try to look at cheat codes for video games. <laughs> so when you said, I'm like, oh yeah, I did that. But you know, like little things like that do put a seed in you uh, and it's just so funny that you said it that way uh, for example even with when I mentioned the military I had a concierge business I was already starting uh, this was years ago my first journey into entrepreneurship and a kennel a dog kennel but for example even with the dog kennel I had these beautiful presa canario dogs that I intended to breed however I didn't start just breeding if you think by the time the breed gets to that, there's already been so many people really looking into what kind of dog they want to build. And so I had to find, while I may have not seen it as a consultant, I was had to find someone who was already breeding that type of dog and then find that pedigree that that dog had and then find it. So all that, it was like a puzzle and it was like a passion project, right? That you monetize. And that is just a great example, though, of how your time 
is cut extremely short. I could have started reading Greyhounds and Masters, which make a Presta Canario. That wasn't, there's so many things already in place if you find someone who's already built that. And that's just a very small example of how it transcends the whole for bigger businesses. Uh, so with the financial industry, I, I got licensed as a loan officer in, in the United States, a mortgage loan officer. And that requires you to get licenses and financial backing and all that. Well, once I did that, that doesn't mean the business is built. It just means you can do it, right? So then I ha- I really had a limited time because you're building a business, you have savings, there's no paycheck. I was I didn't go to a job and then uh, try to do it on the side. I, I dived full in. And so it was critical for me uh, with anxiety and everything going through because of the things you don't know to find that mentor right away, to hire a consultant right away and to look into options of how to make sure I don't fall deep into an, a bigger issue for my overall wealth building, you know? So the team building with the consultancy and, and getting that in place is, is very key for your team, aside from just the hiring and outsourcing that you do once that's already established. Excellent. I'm going to put you on the spot here, and I hope I don't offend anyone, but who is the best hire you have ever made in any of your businesses? Oh, yes. Uh, so the best hire, I would say right now would be my admin. So I have an excellent admin. And surprisingly, the, the two hires that I can think of, she's the one that's on top of it, right? Um, the reason is because they were, they are just, they have their own high level of intelligence, high level of initiative taking, but they do need leadership. I'll say that anybody who's your best hire still needs the leadership and the direction. Uh, and I say that because my the previous one that I would say was my best hire ever. He was actually uh, an attorney by trade. And then he went into financials, but he was more support for people who were the actual loan officer. He, he didn't want to take the attorney route, after he finished school. And he was the second probably best hire for the same reason. He just had such strong skill set that was completely different than mine. And it just complemented the growth of the business. So even that team, because that team we built, and I say we because my husband and I actually met in the financial industry and then we formed a team once we got married. And that team, still sustained. So I love his name's Tom. I love Tom because he is just so knowledgeable even now, like when we still talk and that team is still sustainable for that reason because of the skill set. So I, right now I, there's like those two and the other person, same thing, their, their support level of knowledge. They are more educated, but it's not just education. It's just that just amplified the skill sets they already had and gave them more knowledge. Uh, so those have been the best. I love it. And I love how you think about it as well, right? I think a lot of the time it's it's very, very easy to just overlook and say, oh, you know, I need a big, great hire. And, and a lot of the time, uh, actually finding a great hire is also about understanding what a great hire would look like. A lot of the time, you know, people have these like, I need this problem fixed. I hire someone to do it, right? But, but I think like every time I make any hires, like I'm thinking, you know, three, five years ahead. Like, particularly when you're starting out a company, like the first five, six hires you make in any business, 
I'm not saying it should be people who are already super senior and so on, because in many businesses you can't afford that, but it's, it should be people where you see development growth, right? And obviously the more you do this stuff, the more you learn to look for that as well. And the more you can kind of understand what that looks like. But I, I see so often people hiring these like very short-term solution people that are obviously not going to be a long-term solution. And the challenge is if you hire a bunch of people initially in your business that are not going to follow you through, then that makes like building a management team and, and really building an upper-level team so much harder. Because when you can promote from within, first of all, it's generally cheaper, right? Like when you when you promote people internally, it is generally cheaper, which can be very helpful for, for particularly smaller businesses, right? But also it it brings you people where you know what to expect. The challenge we're always hiring from the outside is that when you bring in someone totally, not random, that's the wrong word, but, but someone that doesn't know your company up front, it is significantly more risk to your business because you know they can be an absolute stunning success and they can be a failure just like anything else. But if you hire someone, for example, to run your company or to be a CMO or a CFO or whatever, if that person fails in a small company, that can be absolutely detrimental, right? Yes, it can be very catastrophic even to fix. So, so like for what I was talking about with the best hires, um, it developed because you have to trust and one, you're hiring this level, even though they're admin or like, if you want to say assistant, they're still like an executive team member. They're like the closest to my team because I'm talking to them the most often having them execute on things. And then you develop the, okay, now I can let even more go because I could see that they're able to articulate themselves fine. They're able to pass that message. They're able to be even a better gatekeeper for me. And you continue. So the, those team members, it wasn't, it, and it isn't just the skill set like, like you were saying, because they could have it, but then it's not the right fit for that role. Um, the other part though that when I say compliment is they even have, been able to be promoted essentially we've just raised their salary essentially right but promote promoted within because you can have they had more value by you leveraging that and then continuing to grow and then they support you more because they see the growth and that they're going with you and so those have been the best and so even when you're hiring um the, the lowest paying team member that's going to be there it's very important for example, with the restaurant, which happens a lot. And by the way, the restaurant never closed during COVID uh, either. And it's a dessert business on top of, uh, in the within that there's the ice cream, but there's also cakes. And it's like two different revenue, it's like a business within a business, different revenue streams, different marketing uh, and different teams within that. And often uh, because I taught myself uh, how to, Make, I never knew how to do anything with cakes or anything like that. I taught myself how, and I'm like an excellent cake decorator now. I'm not needed there though. I don't care how much I enjoy it. I don't care how much I like talking to customers. I don't need to scoop that ice cream and I don't need to build those cakes, but it made it so different um, for, I started seeing a difference when I would help other business owners. Like for example, they heard about me and they're, they're hey, I want to travel more too. And I have a restaurant, let's just put it that way. I would see that their team members, you don't have to know everything, but some of it, it's almost like if if they had a cake business as well, their cake decorator didn't 
quite respect them enough almost like I could see a dynamic there because they knew their value in the revenue stream there wasn't being matched and that essentially they couldn't grow with the owner right and sometimes it's hard if you're in the business to see that and so then I would mirror okay I always promoted within because the respect level is there like my teams that are currently for instance the best cake decorators learn how to decorate from my training and from online like okay let me do this this how you and so that respect level is there and they feel like oh like when I'm getting these pay raises and everything like they they see that I'm respecting them too as far as the growth in the business and so that's very critical that um even though I'm not always there I'm not like you know, just a phone call away and there's different levels of leadership, that part, I made sure to keep that way because it was such, and it is such a large revenue stream within the business. Like that is my job to make sure that revenue stream continues to grow. And so part of that is the team that comes before below it because to make that happen, you need to build the best team and have them motivated to meet those metrics to, for example, Mother's Day week pass. Busy, we always are super busy Mother's Day week. To build 60 cakes in a couple of days is a lot of work and, and decorate them. And if someone's like, I'm just going to call out, this is stressful. You can't have that either, right? You can't have, and the only reason that would happen, it has never happened. The only reason that would happen uh, is if they don't have the mutual respect and they don't feel respected in their own growth, in their own self-development. Yeah, yeah totally. And I, what, what I really, really enjoy about this as well is that, uh, I mean, basically when I look at a company, when I look at hiring people, honestly, I don't really care about the role descriptions and all that good stuff, right? I, I know some people, for some people it's important, but the way I look at it is people are resource, right? I'm a resource and so are other employees in a business and the, the, the whole the whole like, you know, what am I, what do I have authority to do and all this? Like I, I try and do what I can to remove all those barriers, right? Like a, anyone in a company should have, um, they have objective and then things that they are working on and trying to achieve on behalf of the company, right? But, but really, uh, if you get to the point where you're able to help people uh, really grow, by just giving them that responsibility, by pushing that next up, that it is so critical. And, and for me, the asset test for any leader is very simple. Can you go on a month holiday and stuff still works? I'm not saying that, you know, no accidents happen or nothing breaks or whatever, but, you know, can you still go on a month holiday and life goes on, right? When you're yeah. at a point where you can do that, then you basically, you build a team that have a certain level of authority to actually act, run the business, right? Yes, like you gave them the permission to do so. Yes, again, there's SOPs, all this structure, but hey, I want you to not just go black and white. You're, you're, you're with the customer firsthand. Building multiple six-figure like US dollars, it, it, it takes more than just putting people there. Like you were saying, oh, they're gonna take care of this short-term solution. Uh, it might cause you long-term problems because now all of a sudden you do go on your 30-day leave, holiday, vacation, and you come to all these complaints. You, things like Even things like that where you think, man, my systems are excellent. Everybody showed up. I know that they're reliable in that sense. They're going to be there. But then when if you have all these customer complaints because you're gone, something is not 
connecting there, regardless of what your PL is showing of how profitable you're being, there's still room for growth there and you're losing out on money just from your system of how you're hiring and training and making those things work. Uh, when you, I had mentioned the Gold Chop Pro, you were like speaking my language just now. When I say that uh, I help those who see that as their fulfillment, that they want to travel more 30 days uh, for any business owner or anybody who works regardless if they have 30 days in a year is a lot to take off because it's still a liability, right? You're, you're paying for your vacation, your, it's your family's even more. So what I've seen is regardless of the level of, in that business, regardless of the level of wealth and, and how profitable, and even if their teams are excellent, it may be even just like micromanagement. It may be something that is like, it's working for them. So like, that's not a pain point. Well, now it's becoming one because you're seeing you can't leave. You can't leave when you're running a more than half a million revenue income stream business because there's something mindset related and there is still holes there that can be seen usually from the, the P&Ls and balance sheets and even just the way people are uh, trained to how they're scheduled. And so if you have a team that's more than 21 and you want to have that freedom, in this case, we're talking about travel, but to live whatever fulfillment you wanna do that takes you away from the business because that's how you rejuvenate, that team building piece is critical. It, when, they're, when I say Globetrop Pro, that's the name of my company, the pro is because all these business owners aren't trying to leave. They're not trying to have this business as their side uh, job. They're trying like something that they just do and make money on. They really do want to keep that profession, but they're wondering, knocking their head on like, how am I not free? Like I'm making this much money. Like the wealth part is met. Well, that alignment is, you don't have to take a month. You want to look crazy there. Month start with the weekend, you'll see the holes. And then you go to a week, you'll see, okay, and I'm still missing here. You're still gonna be connected. You're still gonna be efficient, productive. You might still get, like you said, emails, calls that you may be taking. Um, I travel over six months out of the year. It doesn't mean I turn off my phone or email. I'm still efficient, productive. It doesn't bother me. But there are times I completely disconnect too. You know, it may be a day two, whatever. The point is the team, if you don't have that, it's not going to work. And that's a, a lot of people that I see, they get, they end up getting really disappointed because they, they spend so much time running their business and all this. And they're kind of like, okay, you know, now I've had enough. Now I just want to hire someone to run the business for me. And the whole problem is that because they've been micromanaging the team and they haven't been delegating well and so on, even if you hire an amazing human being, like they're not just going to, you know, tap into your brain and, suddenly yeah. run the business like they're not a carbon copy of you right mm -hmm. and the, the whole challenge is that, that both like hiring someone to run your business but but even selling your business if the business cannot run without you the amount of money you get to sell the business is so much less right because if someone takes over it's not just they have to invest their life into the business but it's the fact that they have to be there just to make it make the money that they're basically paying for from a business transaction standpoint, right? So it, it's one of those things that most people think about it too late, 
right? They, they keep running their head against the wall. And then, you know, when it's like end up a line and they're like, okay, you know, I've had enough, I can't do this business anymore. Then they start looking at it. But when yes. you start, when you start looking at it, there's still so much journey left because at that point you haven't done so many things to actually move the business forward in the right way. I mean, even when they, when there's a, when there's a block that way and the, recently I'll, I'll say like this recently there was one owner like they're they also restaurant owner so I all my businesses are brick and mortar like word of mouth and although I do help you know some that are all online but people really get surprised by that they're like how you're not optimizing and I'm like no the thing is there, there's certain things I have in place everything's in the trajectory for me to continue traveling more than six months out of the year I have four daughters I have a family I'm married I have three businesses but that's the trajectory well I say that because they had a lot less responsibility I'll say that much and they had one business and that's where his his curiosity and then want to evolve came from he's like why am I stuck well the first thing I noticed because money-wise he was fine First thing I noticed is part of his team is vendors, right? We all have vendors and brick and mortars. And the vendors, even in my shop, they come really early in the morning before you close. And I was like, okay, but why is that a problem? Well, I have to let them in. Like, how am I going to let my vendors come in? And I'm like, so you show up every Monday or Wednesday or Thursday, whenever his delivery was, at 3, 4, 5 in the morning. Every single time, because you refuse to, and you have cameras. Like, well, you have cameras. Like, is it really a concern that someone's gonna steal something? Your vendors? Yeah. Like, if, what, what if something happens? And I'm like, what's gonna happen? They're there to deliver your goods. Like, what's gonna happen? And it really, he was so shocked almost that I would even question. That. I'm like, dude, that's right there alone is like four hours of a week. Like, what are you doing? Having to show up every time, driving there opening a door, closing the door and leaving back home because you have six more hours of your day before your shop even opens. And then you're wanting to be there to just watch because you have a team. And so it really painted the picture of like, holy crap, like that's crazy. One, well, that's just how I talk. I'm very forthright. I'm like, dude, that's just crazy. Like how you're, I'll tell you like this on my like, restaurant wise, you're making more money that you can even hire someone if you really want someone there that, that early in the morning. You're literally trading like, um, in that case right now, it was like $13 an hour, $13 an hour that you can have someone if you really want to have someone open for you and close the door for you versus just giving a copy of the key or a lockbox alarm code to your vendor. And so yeah. like, I, I was about to say that, like, <laughs> you, you could literally just go and hire someone, but and that that's, I mean, that's exactly how I look at it with a time perspective, right? Like, you need to look at what is your time worth. And it's not just like a lot of business owners. And in the beginning, when you're just starting out, sometimes it can make a little bit of sense to look after your money like that, right? Because you might need money to reinvest in things. But as soon as you start making any kind of money, you really want to think about your time like that, right? The, the challenge for many people is to get stuck in that mindset and they're constantly like, where can I save five bucks? And, you know, oh, if I do this myself, I don't have to pay for someone to do it. And you're like, Yep, but that means your business isn't growing because you're busy doing silly stuff for five bucks an hour or whatever, uh, instead of actually having the time and, and energy available to grow your actual business, right? 
For sure. I mean, the delegation piece is critical. The trust, that's a whole mindset avenue. That's why I was going with that. That sometimes it's not even about the money or the time. It's like they're just not even stuck. They feel stuck. Like, no, I have to. But why do you have to? Well, because something might happen. Well, why? What might something happen? It's like the, what is it called? Like five to seven layers of why? Well, why might something happen? And he's like, well, because I have money there. I have other inventory. But why would your vendor care about your inventory? They go into other shops, don't they? Have you called? Do you know who they work with? Have you met them? Yeah. So all these things to say, just as you were talking about your crew team and your admins, your right-hand person that you're constantly in conversation with for your business, those external vendors, everything you're outsourcing are part of your team. And you have to build that trust as well within yourself. You have to give yourself the evidence in your mind. There's nothing that's going to happen here. My vendor wants my business. I'm literally their client and they're going to make it as easy as possible. Let me call them and tell them why I have this problem of them coming up four in the morning and see what they have to say. Um, which in this case, by the way, the gentleman did do that. And they're like, actually, you're the only guy we have that refuses to give us a key. And he was like, uh, like feeling like, what the heck have I been doing for like years? But it's just, you know, that that is shift that with all your outside vendors and know that the trust is there. I will tell you, um, I don't know if this will provide you evidence, but maybe look it up. I have had across any business, zero vendors steal from me zero over almost 15 years zero and that includes giving keys or or codes um they are just they're not there for your petty cash or whatever you have in your your store they're not even looking for they're there they have a timeline they're on to the next it is just learn to talk to them and build that trust if you really have something help to help you justify why you need to let that go and delegate as many things to the teams you're already outsourcing to that are there to help you Yep. And I, I'm, I'm probably on the other edge of the edge of the scale, so I, I'm very, very trusting. So I typically always, I mean, you might not be able to do that in every place in the world, but uh, my front door is usually open because I have so many people walking in and out of my house. Uh, like I have a, 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 I have a team of people who come and walk my door once in a while, and you know they could, in principle, walk in and steal my laptop and steal a whole bunch of stuff, but. Again, like my, my mindset is totally on the other side of things, right? Like I much rather want to pay people to do things than having to do it myself. And that frees me up to do much more of the things that makes a big difference, not just for me and the business, but but yeah, for my life in general, right? And I will say too, with, with you talking about even internal at my home is like a running business, right? Like I have, well, I just mentioned four daughters. There's no, I have two nannies, like I have, there's a team there. There's a team there just to let you know uh, as well. But I wanted to say that trust is cru- crucial with that. Like you just said, you I literally have people walking in here at 7.30 in the morning and there's a routine and I already know they're here and I'm not like, my door, like something's happening, you know? Uh, it, it just alleviates your stress levels, but it does take a mindset shift if you're not there. I would say just start small, start with the team that you actually hire first and the vendors you have. Um, to build that trust, to see if there's another way to make it easier. And your vendor will tell you, like I said, this guy called, he's like, you're literally the only guy that doesn't give us a key and wants to show up every morning. Like when nobody else does, (laughs) he's like, damn, like, okay, I'm just knocking on wood here. Why am I showing up? Um, And so that, that for outsourcing and hiring, 
I actually have an actual process I do, and that that's because I, for all the businesses, I'm overlooking it, right? And so that there's ABC, and so my A is always the revenue and income stream. It's critical for my own livelihood and to sustain the business. And so I know that that's not my priority number one for all the businesses. And so the B is something that facilitates it, and the C is neither. And so when I learned to implement this, this skill will really help you because of what you're, you make that list, like absolutely that you are needed for that revenue stream. What makes it something that facilitates and what is none of the above? And you remove that none of the above. You remove it, then you go to the B, you remove the B and you stick with that C. And your productivity and efficiency, your growth will start expanding. Uh, you'll start building that portfolio of businesses because you're not laser focused, because I mean, you have different things going on, but you're, you're definitely putting all your energy into what's actually gonna help your team grow. So I, I like the way you think about it. I have a little bit different strategy. So what I like asking people is, what's the most important thing you do in your business right now? They'll go ahead and tell me, and then I will say, delegate it. Yeah, here's the thing. Okay. If you're constantly doing the most important thing in your business, you are needed to do the most important thing in your business, right? If you delegate the most important thing in your business, then, and have someone else who over time becomes better than you at it, then you are basically, that's a great way of growing your freedom. Right, because what, what happens exactly is that most people keep holding on. Like a lot of entrepreneurs, for example, in a service business and so on, they keep holding on to sales, even if they're not a good salesperson, but they keep holding on to it. And what happens is, again, if they take a month holiday, no sales happens for a month, right? But if that is the most critical function, that is probably where they get the most benefit out of outsourcing. Because first, the earlier you do it, the earlier you can get someone in, the, the lower the gap between you and the person will be. Because the challenge is, you know, if you've done the sales, and I'm using sales as the, yeah. as the example, right? But if you've done the sales for five years and you bring in someone new, they'll be significantly less good on you. If you do it after like one year or a year and a half or two years or whatever, the gap will be smaller and they will have a faster time overtaking you from a skills perspective right yeah no i couldn't agree with you more it, even with the revenue and income because you know i'm saying it so fast i get excited but the revenue and income uh using sales so in you can't have it all you can't do everything we already know that but if you aren't good at sales and you're the, you're, you started the business doing the sale and then you're like, okay, I know I need to get better, but I need to hire because actually that's not even my thing. It's just making sure you're optimizing the revenue and income stream. So in this case, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like it's, you know, you're, you need to hire that salesperson to be right seat, left seat and get better than you so that you can move on to continue to scale the business in, in those revenue and income streams. And that's where I say your time, you mentioned it too, your time, uh, starts growing and sometimes people are like well uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur or you say serial killer but you're a serial entrepreneur and you may go down the wrong path or you may start look you actually will not if you're prioritizing your most important thing you will not go around the wrong path because those revenue and income streams that you're looking at 
you're like, wait, now I have another idea to build that. And maybe I do need to add this theme, or maybe I do need to add optimization online. And so just that alone, you'll start building even bigger teams or outsourcing more. So I think you definitely worded it exact. I couldn't agree more with what you just said. And, and, and the whole thing is, right, so, so the reason why I love asking entrepreneurs what the most important thing they do in their business is, is because as an entrepreneur, when you're doing something, you always have 17 other things that you have to do as well, which means even the very important thing you're doing, you can't actually put that much focus on, right? Whereas if you actually hire someone who's dedicated or whose prim- primary focus is that really important thing for the business, whatever it is, then again, it actually ends up getting more priority and getting more focus because I see it all the time. Like I see these entrepreneurs that are like, oh yeah, I have to do this thing, but you know, today I have to go fix this. I have to go get a quote for the office. I have to do this. I have to do this. So I don't have the time to do this very, very, very important task. And that is exactly what, what slows down business growth big time, right? Yes, for sure. I like that. Awesome. Well, Andrea, it has been absolutely amazing talking to you. And yeah, I really enjoyed the conversation. And I'm sure the audience have as well. Um, before we leave, if, if people are eager and desperate to get hold of you, what's the best way to do so? Yeah, so I am very open to connect on Facebook. I actually don't have a lot of social media or anything like that. So Facebook would be fine. And I have a website and I could send you those. Yep. That's awesome. I'll make sure we include those in the show notes. And any last comments, any last amazing recommendations for resources or the likes? Yeah. You know, I'll close with this. We talked about a lot of things and and your podcast, I listened to it for them. I even heard you say the example you gave, but it's slightly different spice here and there. Um, but I will say you're hearing information often right that implementation as we know is very key but it's not just because it's breaking your habit or things that is um in your mind is because that action step is what will act will the action step will make the change in how you continue growing so you listen maybe take a tidbit you don't have to everything that Matt Singer just said write it all down and address that but um even if it's one thing as soon as you question your mind and say, wait, I've been getting evidence. So many people have told me, I already know that. I already know that. Well, how I haven't I taken action? As soon as you tell your brain that, your brain actually stops and say, wait, wait, there's another way to do it. So think it through, but just take at least one action step towards making your life fulfilled and opening up your time. Awesome. I love it. Andrea, thank you very much for joining me. It was awesome to have you. Thank you. And to the audience, we'll be back again next week. Thank you very much for staying on with us. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.